James chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse 16, and we're going to read through verse 20. James in his epistle says, Do not be misled, my beloved brothers. Every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Having willed so, he produced us by the word of truth for us to be a sort of firstfruits of his Therefore, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For man's wrath does not work out to be the righteousness of God. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the opportunity to read your word together, to hear from it together. And Lord, we pray that you would open the scriptures to us. Give us eyes to see. And we pray that as James says elsewhere, that you would make us to be doers of your word and not just hearers. We pray all these things in your son's glorious name. Amen. It should come as no surprise to you that we need an attitude adjustment. Just a little bit of an attitude adjustment. As you live and move and have your being as a good Westerner, specifically in a large city such as ours, it should uh, be strikingly obvious to each of us that people just aren't grateful enough. People aren't uh, prone to thanksgiving. They're not prone to thankfulness. Um, in fact, we find around us a proclivity to what James here calls wrath. A, a sense of, 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 of uncontrolled anger and frustration. A sense of bridled discontentment. We see around us people that are so quick to temper and so quick to frustration and so quick to wrath. We see people... Uh, as we drive down the road, some of us, myself included, have been guilty of this ourselves, where we, we get so frustrated and so aggravated by little things in life. And we make them to be mountains when they're not even really molehills. It's just another driver. We get frustrated in stores. We read of the horror stories of Black Friday and we think we're... We're supposed to be celebrating a season of joy and, and gladness, a season of hope and peace. And we find people being trampled upon in Walmart just trying to get to that last box of that new game system that's out. People are filled with anger all around us. We see it on the news, whether it's local or national. We see it all over the internet. People making taking pot shots at each other on Twitter and Facebook. People are just so frustrated and so aggravated, sometimes over the silliest things, sometimes over things that are quite significant. And because of their significance, they need cool heads. But we see around us an attitude of anger and frustration, not one of thanksgiving, not one of peace, not one of <coughs> gratitude or gratefulness. In fact, this points out to us a toward ingratitude. One of the most frustrating things that we find in life is another person who's ungrateful. 
A child who doesn't say thank you when you've done something to help him out. Another person who just seems to never have enough and never be satisfied no matter how much good you do for them, no matter how much good God showers upon their lives. There just seems to be kind of a vacuum of ingratitude, a black hole within the human heart where nothing's ever enough, nothing ever brings to in thanksgiving. Because we have really a sense of entitlement. We think of that as kind of a political, uh, a, a political phrase of jargon. We think of that as something we hear on the news all the, time, all the time, this sense of entitlement. But within ourselves, we find a sense of entitlement. It's not in them out there. It's not in the guy up the street. It's in ourselves. We think that we're owed something. And when things don't go our way, we get frustrated. James says, we have wrath. He says, be, be quick to hear. That he connects those, those three things together. The first being quick to hear something that's kind of passive. And he tells us to be quick toward it. But then he tells us to be slow toward two things. Slow to speak, active. Slow to wrath, which is kind of an uncontrolled activity. The reason he tells us to be slow to speak is I think he recognizes that often our speech will be filled with wrath. It'll be just an outburst that's uncontrolled. But James tells us, slow down. The wrath of man does not necessarily lead to God's righteousness. We think of ourselves as being uh, you know, righteously indignant. Righteously uh, you know, we have a righteous cause and therefore we have every right to be wrathful. You know, that guy's driving like a moron. I've said that before. You've said that before. You know, that guy's acting like a hoodlum. It's interesting. We, 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 um, and I'm not saying people don't act like morons, and I'm not saying people don't. But it's interesting the way we are so drawn to the negative. So drawn to what all is going wrong with the world. What all is, and there's a lot going wrong. But we're so quick to find those things and dwell upon them and marinate in them. Marinate in them, that's the verb form, I think. But it's because things shouldn't be that. Life shouldn't be filled with all these anxieties. Things should be better. Things should be different. We live in a world where things should be better. And things should be different. That's what the gospel is all about. The good news of Christ is that He's going to set things straight. He's going to put things back together. He's already doing that among His people. That's His work in our lives. is about putting our lives back together. Bringing integrity. Bringing peace. Bringing a restoration of our souls. That's what He's doing in the church, as the church lives out the kingdom of God, looking ahead to God's kingdom coming, knowing that it's already come, so to speak, in Christ, and we're living as the people of God, living lives that are supposed to be a little bit more put together. Because we're looking toward a kingdom where all things will be put together. The scriptures tell us throughout, be thankful. It's a command we can't escape. Paul uses it countlessly. And I love how he uses it because normally it's in a list of all these theological virtues. You know, put on 
put, uh, put on peace and long-suffering and put on love, the bond of perfection, he says to the Colossians. And then he says, and be thankful. He says that elsewhere. Be thankful. All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, we have this call to be thankful. This call to an attitude that recognizes God's graciousness in our lives. God's graciousness in our lives is so big and so huge that every single good deed that is done in our lives, every perfect gift in our lives, everything that we find in our, in our lives that is true, good, or beautiful is a gift <coughs> from God. It's coming down from the Father of lights. He is the source of all light. He is the source of all good. He is the source of all truth. He is the source of all And James tells us, therefore, any of that that comes into our lives, any of that that we see around us, any good word, any kind smile, anything of beauty that we find around us in, or in our lives, we should recognize as something that is given to us by God. And therefore, we ought to be thankful. We have every reason to be thankful. But attitude isn't enough. Being thankful isn't just uh, isn't the end game. Being he calls us to the activity of giving thanks. We speak of Thanksgiving as a holiday, and we forget what the word means. It does not mean gratitude. It means gratitude expressed. Thanksgiving we would do ourselves a major favor if we broke the word parts apart, reorder them, and remember what the word actually means. Thanksgiving means the giving of thanks. Express the gratitude within our hearts. If we're not putting our attitudes into action, then we're not giving thanks. We're not celebrating Thanksgiving. We're just getting together eating a lot of turkey. Hopefully with a side of dressing or stuffing, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to do with it. They say you probably shouldn't shove it into the turkey before cooking because, you know, the turkey might not get cooked all over. Sauce. We just gather together and we eat lots of food and we don't actually express gratitude. We don't actually give our thanks. We leave that to someone else. All throughout the scriptures, you have not just the call to be thankful, but you have the call to remember the goodness of God. In the Old Testament, we find an emphasis upon memory throughout the feasts and festivals of Israel as to celebrate, times to remember, the Passover, the Feast of Booths and Festivals. You had all of those things. I believe there were seven of them. And those were woven into the, the, the annual life of the people of Israel so that they would remember God's goodness. David read for us from the Psalms. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercies endure forever. If you read on in that Psalm, you find, uh, you find that refrain. 
love endures forever. I think the King James would say his loving kindness endures forever. It's that word, that Hebrew word, hesed. And it is the, the, the amazing favor of God to work in the lives of his people. And all throughout that psalm, you find the psalmist as uh, each, each, each verse with the refrain at the end, his mercy endures forever. Each verse begins with another act that God has done in their, in their lives and in their history. Throughout their story, you have the Exodus spoken of all through. Give thanks to God for what he's done. I believe Psalms um, 107 108 are, are interesting ones where the psalmist begins with this call to thanksgiving and then he recounts Israel's history through those psalms. And he ends again with a call to thanksgiving. The scriptures declare to us that not only are we to be thankful, but we're to never forget. We see this in the, the New Testament, sacraments of grace in battle of what God has done in our behalf. We're reminded of His great acts to save us. And we're called to never forget. To never forget His goodness. Even in the midst of turmoil, we can remember the goodness of God. The Scriptures don't call us to give thanks for bad things in life, but the Scriptures do call us to give thanks in the midst of bad things that come into our lives. We find Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament. Surrounded by despair. Surrounded by death and agony. And it's in that book, in his lamenting, that he gives to us the words from the great hymn, How Great Thou Art. Or Great is Thy Faithfulness, not How Great Thou Art. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. He says, New each and every morning. Even in the midst of bad. Even when things aren't going right. Even when things are hectic. Even when things are causing anxiety. We can be reminded that every good thing, every perfect thing has been given to us by our Father of lights. And He doesn't waver. He doesn't waffle in His faithfulness. He is always faithful. He is always gifts and we spoil them. We take his, his gift of food and we gorge ourselves. We take His gift of friendships and we stab people in the back. We take His gifts of love and we betray. We receive His good gifts and like spoiled children, we often spoil those gifts. But we should be mindful. Gift. Every bit of graciousness that we find in our lives has been given to us by our Father in heaven. And we can be thankful. And we should never forget His goodness. We should never forget His faithfulness. We're called to express our gratitude, to convey the gratefulness of our hearts 
through word in the giving of thanks. Some of us will find different ways of expressing our gratitude. Each of us will find different venues and avenues of expressing our gratitude. Some of us will sit around the table on Thanksgiving Day on Thursday and will express how we're grateful to God. Some of us will perhaps create a list throughout the week of those things for which we're thankful. Last year, I think we went through the ABCs and the kids gave, a, gave something for which they were thankful for each of the letters of the alphabet. Which It's something good in their lives that they recognize these are God's creatures and it's by God's blessing that they're able to see a zoo and visit a zoo. It's interesting the way children can remind us of faith and gratitude. The scriptures call us to express the gratitude of our hearts through word, through the giving of thanks. that we are grateful, that we do remember what God's faithfulness has provided for us, and that we then express that gratitude for the praise of the giver of all gifts, as James calls Him, the Father of lights, the one who gives every good gift and every perfect gift. And so we sing His praises we declare His faithfulness as we express what He's done in our And I want to encourage you as, you, as you find ways to express your gratitude this week, don't, don't think theologically. Always think theologically. But don't think, oh, my, my Thanksgiving has to be, it, it has to be how God has, has, has saved me and how, that, that's wonderful. Give thanks for that, but get beyond that as well. And remember that every good and perfect gift has been given to us. It's so easy to chalk things up in large categories and forget the particulars. If you're grateful for God's salvation, think who are the people that God used in leading you to salvation? What were their names? What were their faces? Perhaps where were you? How did you get there? What was God doing behind the scenes and drawing you there? Remember the particulars because it's in the particulars of everyday life that we find God in His hand. We can look up and see His face. And so we convey our gratitude through the expressions of our words so that we might praise the giver of gifts, but also for the remembrance of the gifts. I think our Thanksgiving list is still on the refrigerator. It's probably covered in pudding and all sorts of nastiness, but it's still there on the, on the refrigerator. And every, at least once a month, I, I take inventory of, oh, there's the list on the fridge. Me during thinner days for the motivation and you know all, all those silly things that are on the fridge. Um, but every once in a while I'll notice that list and I'll remember the kids are thankful 
for things. I think I put olive oil on the list for O because I, I said, hey, that's like a, a, a double point when olive oil, you know, something I'm thankful for. Tells you why you got why I've got to have a picture of me during my thinner days on the fridge. But but it, it's helpful to remember God's goodness, things that He's done in our lives. It makes us more grateful people. It's kind of kind of a cycle. You know, you've got cycles of, of bad, you know, bad decisions lead to further bad decisions, which lead to despair and helplessness and hopelessness. Well, you've also got a spiral of gratitude. The more you remember what God has done, the more grateful you are. And the more grateful you are, the more prone to remembering what He's done. And on and on we go as God wants to work within us. This attitude, cliche, I know. He wants that attitude to find expression in the actions of our lives as we thank Him for His goodness. The Scriptures call us not just to be thankful, not just to not forget God's faithfulness, but the Scriptures call us also to actually give our thanks, to express the gratitude within our hearts for what God has done. He is not the God of deism who's far removed and off and aloof. He's not ignorant of what's going on in our lives. He's not even helpless to help. He is the God who moves. He is the God who works. He is the God who reaches out His hand. He is the God who provides. He is the God who protects. He is the God behind the scenes of our everyday lives who is orchestrating something beautiful in our midst. Something that's good. And James tells us, do not be deceived. Every good gift, every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He made us to be His people simply by the word of His truth. And James says, be quick to hear. Or quick, to, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. There's an awful lot in the world to be frustrated about. But James would have us believe also as God's people living in His kingdom that there's an awful lot of good to celebrate. So though He told us to be slow to speak, I want to open up the opportunity for you guys. Before we pray and before we sing again, I'm wondering... For what are you thankful?